FM Fresno and online at kpfa.org. Stay tuned for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is September the 15th, 2015. Okay, yes, pray for rain, everybody. Pray for rain. (laughs) Fire this time. Wow. Today is the day. Today is the day we've got to pay. Pay our way, boys and girls. Got to subscribe to Radio Free Berkeley. Become a member of this group of progressives, this tribe, yes. Still struggling to save the world or anyway a piece of it. Uh, <laughs> you remember when being liberal was, was something we were ashamed of, you know, because we thought it was conservative? Never mind. Anyway, this is the way to go. I'm a publicist for the revolution whenever I can be. Any revolution will do. The revolution of touch is my favorite. Uh, I think what we want to do today, uh, we want to start with a tape from Maya Angelou because I want to talk about her. She hasn't been gone so long, and I miss her already. I think what we should do is listen to a tape in which she talks about the simple fact that politics is everything. Nothing that ain't politics. Now, you all know that everything is political. You know that. And everybody is political. You know that. You know that your condition, the situation in which you find yourselves, all those situations are political. You know that. Is it true? You know it's true. So, the, pol- the position we find ourselves in are so often positions we have warranted. We have chosen either by action or inaction. By o- commitment or omitment. We have chosen to be on the side of those who brutalize because we don't speak up and out and stand up and say, I'm one. Oh, yes, it's faggot, I'm one. It's lesbian, I'm one. Mm -hmm. It's black, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm four foot tall and blue, I'm one. Mm -hmm. It's an Asian, uh I'm one. Call me, I am one. 
whatever you call it, I am one. I am that thing. Understanding that the political issue which face you and me are the same. They don't change. They're the same. I loved it when James Baldwin said about Angela Davis, he said, I have to go out and, and struggle for her. He said, because if they come for her in the morning, they'll come for me that night. You have to understand that. There is no safety in capitulation. None at all. So you have to stand out, just stand out. My grandmother who raised me and um, but died, um, when she died some almost 40 years ago, she was over six foot tall. And when I was growing up in a little village in Arkansas, smaller than this stage here, um, Mama used to tell me, Sister, Mama just going to step out on the word. And I would picture this six foot two tall black lady just standing out in the heavens, in the firmament, with nothing underneath her. Clouds and stars and novi and comets swirling all around her. Standing out on the word. What we have to do is stand out. We have to do it. Or they will come for us that evening. We have to have the courage. You have nothing, nothing, nothing at all. If the telephone can ring and tell you uh, the job you have, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> The position you had finished. The beloved you have. I'm sorry to tell you, but there was an accident. It is imperative that every person find that, each person finds that center of courage inside herself, inside himself, to stand out and up upon the word of hope, of faith, of determination. Have to do it. And so, while this is not a political uh, speech, it really is an encouragement for us to be responsible to the politics of our lives. That was Maya Angelou, her speech. Oh. oh, golly, it was the one about everything is politics. We all know that by now, but some people had to be told. Now, uh, I have a note here. Let's see. I've got Laura Privis here. She's our yes. program director. She's going to help me explain the premiums Yeah, today. well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that speech because that comes from actually a tape that uh, Bob Baldock gave to me recently that's uh, so we digitized it and we're offering that speech on a CD for you today it's very special it's from 21 years ago just about this time of year October 16th 1994 
Maya Angelou, Jessica Mitford, and uh, Linda Tillery and the, her cultural choir uh, were performing at uh, in Berkeley back in the day. And so we just dis- uncovered this and we thought this might be something that that people might want to have as a gift to support this radio station. So let me just give out the number, Jennifer, 1-800-439-5732. You can also click on our website and go to the support KPFA button and support us today. That's a $75 premium. You can have this uh, very rare interview or very rare event with Maya Angelou uh, for KPFA back from 1994 as a gift to support us today. This is very special. I think uh, not just for... um, African-American school teachers, but for drama teachers. I remember talking to Barbara Christian, uh, University of California. She's gone now. Ah, uh-huh. past, bless her. She was uh, head of both the, the uh, feminist and the African-American studies over there, and I kind of like that. I like to combine the two uh you know, those of you who who like to hear the voice, the power in the voice, uh, it is always so much more than the page. But that's, of course, that's just my my little bias. Uh, anyway, you can get this tape, my Angelou's tape, and use it for. Uh, oh, just I, I like to listen to this stuff before I go to bed. Do a few incantations, but the sound of these voices always helps my uh, helps my psyche uh anyway my angelou is now part of the history of feminist literature she's been gone oh golly i guess it's about a year she talked a lot about ancestors she's certainly part of this fabric of feminist freedom her first book 1970 uh a lot of people will remember her as the grandmother in the TV series Roots, and I don't know, uh, the kids just loved that thing. Uh, it, it was a little simplistic. It was a very long-running TV drama narrative about the history of the African-American tragedy, the journey of a people, millions of people, uh, who came across the Atlantic as captives and the centuries they endured on this con. Let, I'm looking here. Maya Angelou was born in 1928, it says in my big anthology about uh, Maya Angelou and the black women writers. Uh, years and years ago, I first started writing for a woman's newspaper called Plexus because I saw Maya Angelou's uh, book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. I saw it. Um <laughs> transformed onto television uh, is a very curious effect on me because I realized that uh, uh, in that curious play, gender had trumped race or color. I believe it's color. That's what Toni Morrison says. Anyway, let's see. She's only five years older than I am, Maya Angelou. Uh, she's the generation that saw the legal end of Jim Crow in the mid-1960s. Good old LBJ. Uh, the Freedom Riders Civil Rights Movement, uh, a world-changing revolution. Now, let's see. 
the caged bird, I used that for a ninth grade class in Oakland, and it was pretty exciting. We also used a 1940 book of Richard Wright's uh, Black Boy. Tony Morrison's book, The Bluest Eye, came out in 1972, and it all began this revolution in thinking and feeling, and for some of us, the changes were uh, as much about gender as they were about race or color. Toni Morrison's most recent work is uh, her effort to distinguish race from color. Now, that's a big step in understanding, in the consciousness raising. You know how it is. Uh, <laughs> takes a century to see the light. Back in 1902, the scholar W.E.B. Du Bois wrote, The problem of the 20th century will be the problem of the color line. Now, this word work is so sublime and it's so upsetting. Uh, the task of women writers is to define us. Uh, but then we got to do the context, you know. Everyone, well, most of the people uh, we hear on, in the media still use the word race to mean color in the USA. It means that if you identify or are identified uh, as having African American heritage, then that means your ancestors <laughs> were for sale, that they were uh, slaves and that you may be a descendant. Now, uh, this stuff has to change. The DNA now has given us proof positive that race uh, race is not manifest by color. Color is this simplistic rule, uh, rule of law. Uh, you know how that is. Uh, I forget which I'm thinking. Oh, Virginia, you know. <laughs> Any. Any black heritage was enough to put you back in chains in Virginia. Uh, anyway, the uh, people who came to this country and built it, and built Central and South America and all the rest of it, uh, were victims of economics. Of course, that's always the guiding light. Uh, I'm looking here. Tony Morrison has the best definition of this stuff here. She's got a book called Playing in the Dark, 1992. And she says as follows, race has become metaphorical, a way of referring to and disguising forces, events, classes, and expressions of social decay and economic division far more threatening to the body politic than biological race ever was. Now that does it for me. I think, I think that's the sort of quote I used with, uh, oh gee, uh, eighth graders. They, they could dig that. They, they got the picture. Uh, anyway, uh, all this business, uh, of color, I think is beginning to be understood. I even see some, some stuff on television if you get a chance. My favorite is the story of the Thomas Jefferson family and the Sally Hemings family. Anyway, uh, race is no longer 
and argument. Color prejudice is still alive and well. We know that. Uh, it's like white male dominance. It's dominance. It's an addiction. The wasp is still the villain, folks. Uh, anyway, what Maya Angelou did for me and for others was to bring into the picture the woman of color. Feminism was the great mind opener, 1960s and 70s. Of course, today that's ancient history, but the focus on feminism, which flared up, yes, just at the end of slavery, you know, is being repeated over and over again. Now, I'd like to try and get that sorted, but first, I want us to hear another tape. Don't want to waste, oh golly. Yeah, yeah, we're, let's hear that halfway. again. This is yeah, from this 1994 event at the Berkeley Community Theater with uh, Maya Angelou. Let's hear just a little bit more of that. People live in direct relation to the heroes and sheroes they have. Always. And to be strong enough and courageous enough to step out and say to the world at large and the world at small, that I, I will be claimed in this group. I uh, will put my name in this, on this uh, roster. I can be uh, credited with having stood out on the word. In this case, I uh, respect Don Jelinek. I know that he is courageous. I also know that courage is the most important of all the virtues. Because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. You can't be consistently fair, consistently kind, consistently generous, consistently supportive. Not consistently. You can be any of those things or all of those things erratically. But life with its incredible, almost unbelievable imagination will slam you against the wall. And before you know it, you will have slipped away from that particular virtue you thought you had. It will slip off you quicker than a G-string will slip off a stripper. It'll be gone, gone. But with courage, you persist. You continue in the South as a white man, as a Jewish boy. In the South, you stand there in a little town and you're called everything. But you stand there and you say, I am here. I shall not, I shall not be moved. That is courage. You don't have to be it to everybody. You have to be it to yourself. And all virtues and vices begin at home. So if you're it to yourself, it spreads abroad. And one sees in Don Jelinek, his life, his history speaks for itself. And he says, I shall not. 
whether it's the flea market, I shall not, I shall not be moved. Whether it's in the support of a son of mine, Norman Jayo, in his struggle against people who have power and money, Don Jelinek has said, I shall not, I shall not be moved. This is a wonderful thing. It doesn't happen to us all the time. But every time it happens, we ought to jump up and shout hallelujah. So, of course, I, I'm, I pay some taxes here. But I don't believe in going to people's country and people's states and people's towns and telling them how to vote. You know, if I'm not a direct taxpayer. So I, I couldn't tell you what to do. I would say this. If I lived here. If I lived here. This is who I would want to front for me. I like a proud person. I don't mean egotistic. I mean somebody who has starch in her backbone. I like to know that that person is fronting for me. He's not going to fall down and scoot around and scurry, turn tail and run. I want somebody to stand up for me because I will stand up. This is a decision that is personal. It is so private. I have chosen Decca and she has chosen me. When a friend chooses a friend, what you're saying implicitly, if not explicitly, and maybe the both, is you, if I'm not here, you will represent me. That is what a friend is. It's no small matter. It is the biggest thing you can give to somebody. My word for your word. That was uh, the late, great Maya Angelou telling us all about courage and I think it's important to remember what a profound uh, performer she was. Uh, wildly exciting and creative, you know. Uh, we could tell from the books that she gives a damn, that's the biggie, but her guts, I think. <laughs> I, I would give anything to hear her. I don't know if there's a recording. She did best in Porgy and Bess, you know, the... Famous, wonderful breakthrough opera. I used to listen to it when I was a little kid in high school. I love that. If we could have, I'm going to look around and see if we could have Maya Angelou singing Porgy and Bess. Anyway, I was just saying about how uh, the caged bird, I know why the caged bird sings, was my first television review. I started a column called TV or Not, and I got all excited about... Uh, the caged bird because it brought up uh, a little problem. Uh, I was shown in that play how a black woman or girl could be in as much danger from dominant, violent males as she was from color prejudice. Now, uh, uh, 
I thought in those days that what was called race slash color was the essential issue for reformers, both white and black. Uh, Maya Angelou enlightened me. I saw that gender prejudice was oh, right up there, uh, maybe even older. Now, I could get a lot of arguments on that, uh, so I'll just skip over it. I, I have this feeling if we went back into prehistory, uh, we would find that the first class is the female. Anyway, in Caged Bird, there's a story about Maya Angelou's rape in childhood. Her mother's boyfriend was the criminal. Now, this was what, let's say, changed her life catalyst. Anyway, she thought that the death of the man who had assaulted her was her fault. You got that? She did not speak for many, many years. She had to go back and live with her grandmother and try to get get uh, secure and safe again. But, of course, she never did. She says that the violence of these men in her family, the ones who went out and killed the rapist, uh, this murder left her believing that whenever she spoke, it could kill. Now, uh, the first crime was the horrific rape, uh, which she describes in Caged Bird, unforgettable. But the murder that followed the original crime, she thought was her fault the result of her telling about the attack. Now, I still like to imagine that when she began to recover, she had a lot of help, but she did, of course, recover, that then she still knew the power, the power of words, because language became her life's work. Yes, and song and dance. <laughs> I was looking last night for my favorite a uh, short piece. Uh, she went on a visit to Billie Holiday, and I still can't find it so wonderfully funny. But I'm going to save that. Maybe I can get it on next week. Uh, anyway, that business of men and women, uh, <laughs> I think what happened was that uh, African-American women writers treated the subjectivity of their major protagonists in a different, very different way than their own menfolk, you know. They tried to speak for the integrity of their selfhood, define their being in their own terms, special need to speak about feminine concerns among themselves. I hope everybody knows all this stuff by now. Uh, mm, anyway, I think I need to spend the three or four minutes we've got left asking you please to call in and get one of these tapes. Yes, uh, definitely. It's a, it's a CD of the wonderful voice of Maya Angelou from 1994 in Berkeley at the Berkeley Community Theater. There was a, It was actually a um, fundraiser for Don Jelinek, who was running for mayor at the time. Jessica Mitford is also on this CD along with uh, Linda Tillery and the Cultural Heritage Choir. So it's quite an amazing event that ha happened back in 1994 that we have just pulled out of 
the coffers of the Wayback KPFA <laughs> events here. And it's, we really don't have a lot of Maya Angelou in the Pacifica Radio Archives. It's our, our archives. So nostalgia. we're very happy to find this <laughs> and thought that it would be a nice gift to offer to people who, who have the means to uh, support us and support uh, community-powered radio here and all that we have done over the years and what we want to continue to do in the future. So please give us a call. For $75, you can get this amazing CD with the beautiful voice of Maya Angelou. At one, just give us a call, please, at 1-800-439-5732. You can also... Uh, uh, find us online at kpfa.org. This is the air that cares, folks. That's what it is. We won't get far, people, without any money. Now, Yes. you know, I used to say when we still said Afrocentric, right, yes. However, Afrocentric, Eurocentric, Gynocentric, Phallocentric, we may be. We won't get far without any money. Now, <laughs> yeah, so please call 1-800-439-5732 is the number to call right now to get that Maya Angelou CD that, and with Maya Angelou's voice. Looks like we're, we might have to wrap yeah. up here. She does it. She boxes the compass, folks. She's what... Well, it's not just her gravitas. It's her wild spirit, her her fun, funning. Yes, she has what I would call the life force. This has been Jennifer Stone. Once again, if you haven't called, you can call any time during the day. Get one of these tapes, and I will get back to you if and when. Yes, if and when. Pray for rain. Till next time, go easy. And if you can't, go easy. Go as easy as you can. Drop the shadows.